Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, While you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ DeMers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 158 for Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? Huh? How have you been since the last episode? Have you been well? Has it been mere moments? How are you, guys? I have still been enduring the COVID quarantine. Uh, coming up next, uh, <laughs> no, the uh, the thing, um, yeah, I'm still still at home, still just killing time, you know, trying to find the motivation to just go do exercise, you know, so I can show off my body to nobody. I'm actually enjoying not really posting anything on social media and kind of staying away from it overall. Uh, makes me, uh, makes me happy. You know, I'm, I, I enjoy connecting with the people that I'm connecting with, you know, in terms of communication and things like that. But, uh, but posting on social media, you know, not that I ever really did all that a whole lot to begin with. I'm just kind of enjoying staying off with this week, though. I will talk about all sorts of my own personal antisocial behavior. I played a game called Thimbleweed Park. Uh, that was a lot of uh, a lot of fun. Um, I went to a bonfire at my friend Mika's house with him and his lovely wife and kids. Um, I watched uh, the recent season of South Park. Uh, my buddy Peter gave me uh, the season on uh, a flash drive, so I got to check that out. Uh, I, you know, went for uh, I think I think only one time to Costco to get a few little groceries, you know. And then I'll read you guys my uh, my book of the week, huh? 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 Tell you guys all about that fun stuff. So uh, without further ado, let's jump right into it. Thimbleweed Park, guys. That is a game I played on the PlayStation. It's, um, I guess it's a, it's a, what's considered an adventure game. Now, to me, I never would have thought to call this style of game adventure game only because, I mean, you know, Super Mario and stuff like that, I guess, is theoretically an adventure, right? There's other adventure games, stuff like Crash Bandicoot and Sonic. That feels like adventure games. So, um, but the terminology for this is like, uh, it's like a point and click uh, adventure game. So to me, it's almost like, you know, a puzzle. It's more, there's more puzzles in it than there is sort of adventure, but either way, that's, that's what it's called for anyone who's real nerdy about that stuff. So this is what drew me to Thimbleweed Park. I saw it on the PlayStation store, uh, quite some time ago, maybe, maybe two, three years ago, I believe I saw it. Uh, and I purchased it and it was one that I've been sitting on for a long time. like, like a lot of my other games, but I was sitting on it because I'm like, oh, I'm really excited to play this game. And I, I kind of was saving it. And what's interesting about this game is it had an art style similar to a game that I played way back in the nineties, I believe it was, or maybe even the late eighties. 
is a game called Maniac Mansion for the original Nintendo. Um, I didn't know this at the time, but it's done by LucasArts and that's, uh, like the LucasFilms, um, you know, I guess like their gaming department, they did some games and, uh, and Maniac Mansion was a game that they did. And it's one that was like bang for your buck, what you got out of a Nintendo game. This one was really good because it was, um, I, I don't think I've said much about this in the podcast, um, if at all, but Maniac Mansion, because I know if I've had a few people since I played that were like, hey, what's what's this like? And I chatted with them about it and asked them if they played it. But if you Google Maniac Mansion, you'll see that there's, uh, you know, you can see screenshots, you can see playthroughs. It was a game where um, the, the plot of Maniac Mansion was your girlfriend's been kidnapped and, and being held in this mansion and you, her boyfriend, Dave, and two of your friends need to go save her. Now you get to pick at the beginning of the game, the two other friends that you want to bring with you. So there's like six characters and you could pick two other ones. There's always three characters in play. And the thing that was cool about that game is that it was like, um, you know, on the screen, it would have all these different verbs like open, push, pull, pick up, take, put like things like that. And you know, like you'd walk up to the front of the, the, the house and it would be like open, you know, like you'd hover your little on-screen cursor with a Nintendo on open and then door. And it's like the door's locked. It's like, shit, you know, well, it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, push and then doorbell. It's like you ring the doorbell and then the dude comes downstairs and he's like, I don't want what you're selling. Get out of here. Da, 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 da. And just yells at you and then goes away. So it's kind of like, okay, I got to find a way in. So I think with like Maniac Mansion, one of the first puzzles that you solve is like you, I think it's like you pull the doormat and you find a key and then it's like pick up key and then use key on door like that kind of shit it was like early early you know uh i guess again adventure game type stuff so the idea is like you're solving puzzles and you could pick things up and, and you'd store them in your inventory right and in this house there's all these wacky things there's like tentacles blocking doorways and stuff like that you know you can get if it, the the interesting thing too is that you can get once you get the kids inside the house you're not controlling all three at the exact same time. You're actually like, if you switch from one kid to another, it like zaps you over to that part of the house, you know, where that kid is. And the whole idea is that there's people in this house, you know, like the, the bad guys, if you will, and they move around the house, you know, like you'll get a little cut scene of like one of them, like, Oh, I'm hungry. I should go down to the kitchen. Well, that's like your cue. Like, Oh fuck. I left one of the guys in the kitchen. Like, because you could be moving around with one character for so long, you could forget about the other two characters that you're controlling and be like, oh shit, I left them in that area, right? Because if they get caught, they get thrown in the dungeon, you know, the the the, the cellar. And it was just it was just this really cool game. And like for a young kid, like, oh, I, I know how to jump on platforms in Mario, but like this is one where you, like, you actually have to think about what to do. And it's like, fine, you know, if you have to find paper somewhere and then, you know, put it in a printer for to solve this puzzle or whatever. Like it's just there's so many different things going on that it was like, wow. And apparently I never got particularly far in it because like I'd hit a puzzle and just not be able to solve it. Just wouldn't know what to do. The house was so fucking big. And because of the old um you know, the old eight bit graphic system of the Nintendo. Um, some of it was like hard to tell what something was trying to be, but all I, all I remember is this one thing about maniac mansion was that in the, one of the bad guys rooms, he had a pet hamster. And if you picked up the hamster, you could put it in the microwave in the kitchen and, uh, and then you'd turn on the microwave and it would blow the hamster up. Um, which, you know, there's all sorts of talk about how like other versions of the game, 
you know, uh, removed that in different parts of the world. When they, when they did reprints for Japan and Asia, they didn't, they didn't get the humor of, you know, putting the hamster in the microwave. Um, and I don't mean that they're like, we don't understand why this is funny. It was like, they didn't even think it was a joke. They're just like, yeah, that's right. You put food, we eat everything. You put food, right? We're all under quarantine because they eat bats over there. Oh, profiling. Um, so <laughs> anyways, it was a cool game. And I remember never having finished it. I don't have a Nintendo now. I don't know how to download emulators. So I just, I saw this game, Thimbleweed Park. I'm like, fuck, that looks a lot like Maniac Mansion. And I remember just thinking that was so like, I'm like, oh yeah. And it's the same style of game and everything like that. I'm like, that's great. So I bought the game. I left it in my, my pile of games in my, you know, library on my PlayStation. And that was that. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to check this out. Well, right when the COVID uh, pandemic started, we had someone come over to the house, uh, an old friend of mine, Aaron Power, another comic, uh, you know, and I was telling him about that game. I was like, I'm going to try to play this sometime soon. And, uh, and he, you know, I was telling him about the game. He had played it before too. And he looked it up on his phone at the time. And it turns out that the reason it looks so much, you know, it looks similar, not exactly, but it looked so much like Maniac Mansion is because it is in fact, um, made by the two guys who created the first, the, the Maniac Mansion game. So Thimbleweed Park, the game that I played, uh, is by the two guys who did Maniac Mansion all those years ago. And, uh, they were also responsible, I guess, for another series, um, from Lucas, LucasArts called, uh, Monkey Island. Don't know anything about it. It was a very popular PC game. Um, but that same sort of like, pick this up, move that, this and that. And Thimbleweed Park, um, also didn't know this. And uh, this wasn't, I didn't even learn this till like, you know, kind of halfway through up playing it. Um, is it, it was a Kickstarter game. So these guys, uh, they all, they work for their own different companies and, and things like that. But, um, I guess they got together and this was like a passion project of theirs. So they actually launched it on Kickstarter and, and got the support and everything like that to, to do the game. So, um, yeah, completely crowdfunded game. Uh, very, very cool. Um, I, I really liked, I really liked it. It was like, kind of like that. Oh, let's, you know, let's go back and make this thing. It's an old school adventure game. And it's, it's very similar to the style that, you know, um, those old computer games were. So now of course the art's been, been, updated there's so many games now where it's like old retro style pixelated this and that you know is popular um they they did um what is it uh like you know minecraft and things like that that kids are playing there's a lot of games now that are done in an old art style side scroll or whatever because it's a probably cheaper to make not you know there's not as much programming involved but just there's a there's a nostalgia factor for it. For me, this was so much nostalgia playing this game. And um, the idea is you start off where you know you're in this town called Thimbleweed Park, and it's got population eighty one, I believe it is. And then you hear a gunshot, and the population switches from the sign from eighty one to eighty. And it's a small small town, but you're two start off two feds standing over this body in a river trying to sort of figure things out. And what's really cool is there's two different difficulty modes for the game. There's like easy and hard or normal and hard, whatever they want to call it. And it's pretty cool because it's one of those ones where, you know, the, the puzzles require solving. It's a, it's a relatively big town in terms of like all the different locations you can go to, but everywhere you go in, like the art style, there's some games that you play. Like I play the, the Lego games as well on occasion and the Lego games, you can be in an environment and, and because of the way it's designed, it's very obvious what parts of the environment you can interact with and which ones are just background. But because this is all done in a 2d pixely art style, 
you kind of have to click on something to know whether or not you can interact with it or, or hover over it or whatever to see if you can interact with it. And just because you can look at something doesn't mean, you know, you can't grab something from your inventory and interact with it. Like it's, it's interesting. Like I'll give you a small example is, is, um, lots, lots of charm and characters. Very, very funny. A lot of tongue in cheek, uh, humor, a lot of like retro throwback humor in the original maniac mansion game. There was a chainsaw in the kitchen that you could pick up and you did nothing with it in the whole game. There was nothing you could do with it. It was weird. This was like, it was like a chainsaw sitting like, you know, those, those, those magnetic knife block things that you stick on the wall and you just put your knife up against it and holds it up. It's like a chainsaw sitting on one of those things, you know? Just because of the way the design is, you could see it in any, you know, YouTube maniac mansion. It's one of the first things you do is run to the kitchen, grab the chainsaw. So there's a part where you find a chainsaw in Thimbleweed Park and they kind of do the whole, you know, uh, pick it up. It's like, yeah, well, you know, fool me once, you know, try not to, you know, something like I'm not going to make that mistake again or whatever. So like they're actually referencing, you know, maniac mansion things and stuff like that. There's, um. There is a character in the game who has a pet hamster and he keeps it in the microwave. He feeds it and nothing bad happens to it, but it's just, it's funny because the hamster is kept in the microwave, clearly a reference back to the maniac mansion thing. So very, very fun stuff like that. But I'll give you an example of something that, that, you know, like a puzzle you need to solve. So the, when you get to the sheriff's office, they've got these very funny, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know the finger finger Tron, you know, 3000, the blood Tron 3000, the face Tron 3000. These are like, like they're forensic tools. So you need to put like blood, blood, um, evidence into it and it'll give you a match, you know, match blood with blood. It'll match a face with a face. It'll match a fingerprint with a fingerprint or whatever it is. So it's really interesting because the, um, I'll give you an example of one of the small puzzles right at the very beginning is you need to get a, a, a sample of the blood from the body to bring back to the sheriff's office. Well, you don't have anything to pick up the blood with. You know what I mean? It's not a game where it's like, oh, well, just fill in the blank. It's like, no, you literally have whatever you've picked up in your inventory. So the first puzzle, one of the first puzzles is you're kind of like, you just wander around. You can grab all sorts of things. There's lots of things you can pick up in this game that will do absolutely nothing. So that's an interesting thing to do. Just because you can pick it up doesn't mean it has value. doesn't mean that it's going to be of use to you. So that's an interesting thing with this game. And one of the very first puzzles is if you walk like across town, there's like a, a, a quickie pal, they call it clearly a quickie mart. And to the side of the screen, you can barely see it. If you just happen to luckily hover over it, there's like a, you know, washroom, enter washroom or whatever. And if you go into the washroom, if you think to take toilet paper, you know, you know, pick up and then click on the toilet paper, you'll grab a little bit of toilet paper. And then you could, you could go back across town and dab it on the corpse and you'll get, you know, bloody toilet paper. Well, now you can on normal mode, you can go into the, you know, when you pick up the blood, it's, it's, you know, bloody toilet paper and you could put it in the blood Tron. Well, if you're playing on hard mode, and this is an example of how the game becomes more fun. So rather than just playing hard mode, where like enemies are more difficult, which is not the case in this game. You're not fighting anybody. There's no quick time events. There's no button mashing. It's, you know, it's a point and click adventure. Um, on the normal mode, the puzzle is solved there. You use the toilet paper on the body. Boom. I got some blood. Now I got the blood sample. I can go bring it right back to the thing. Well, in hard mode, um, when you collect the blood, the toilet paper is like sopping wet. 
with blood, you know, it's even dripping in the inventory. You can see like the blood is like dripping off of it. So you actually have to dry it out first. Well, to dry it, you actually go back to that same bathroom and you use the bloody toilet paper with the hand dryer and then it dries it out. So I played both modes easy and hard. Um, and there's so many examples in the game of like, where if you play it on normal, it's still going to be difficult solving the puzzles and finding the things that you need to find, still having multiple steps. But in hard mode, there's extra steps to everything. So what just worked easy the first time, I'll give you an example too, is, um, I mean, I, I did just give you an example, but you know, you need to go into a sewer one at some point and find the murder weapon. Well, in the regular mode, the sewer's open, you can just go in. Hard mode, you make use of the chainsaw. You actually have to find gas to gas up the chainsaw to ch- to cut a tree up that's blocking, like a fallen tree that's blocking the entrance to the sewers. Uh, it's like a, like a drain pipe. So you have to be able to get in there while well, the tree's fallen over blocking it. So you have to gas up the chainsaw, use it to cut the tree out of the way before you can even find it. Whereas in easy mode, there's the tree's not in the way. So it was cool to have like two different versions of the game where it's like more puzzles rather than just playing the same thing you already played. Yes, you're going to do a lot of the same puzzles, but each one of them has now a new thing you have to do and then still do that original thing too. Uh, very, very cool. Um, there's five characters you play as two different, uh, you know, detective agents, secret agents, not secret agents, but you know what I mean? Like F- an FBI agent and, a, and an agent from another bureau. You play as a clown named Ransom, who's very gross and very filthy. He's the one who has the the hamster in the microwave. Um, you play as a, a young girl named Dolores. And you play as a as Dolores's father, who's been murdered. He's not the the body in the river, but you play as Dolores's father. Uh, the fuck was his name? Not Patrick, Richard, something like that. Something like that. Franklin, I think, is his name. Um, but the whole idea is, and you switch between these characters, and these characters have, you know, different investments and things. Now, most of the other characters, the the four living characters, can pretty much all do the same things. But the, the ghost character is interesting because he can, you know, pass through walls and, and he can zap things like a, like a, you know, electrical pulse from a ghost. So he can sort of electrify things that don't have power in them. Anyways, a really, really cool game. The story had me pretty much the whole way through. Um, the one thing I will say is I really didn't like the ending. I really didn't like the ending. And, um, there's a lot of things that they never answer it all. It's almost like a Stephen King book. Um, in the sense that you just, they spend all this time doing all these really cool things and writing funny dialogue and making it interesting. And the puzzles are hard. And then to have it kind of just nah, like they never resolve a lot of things from the story. It just kind of goes nah, to nothing. Um, so that's the only thing I say is, 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 I mean, from what I see on, on Twitter and other people writing about it, they all loved it. And I think maybe it just could be that it's so nostalgic for them that they just, whatever, like you never really find out what the story is with the body like ever. It's just like, and I think they even addressed that in the write up. to be honest with you. They're like, you know, welcome to Thimbleweed Park where a decaying body in the river is like the least of anyone's interest or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you know, whatever's it. So it's, 
it, it really is fun to play. And it's so cool to see an old game style come back and, uh, and be fun and exciting and interesting and engaging. Like it doesn't feel like you're playing an old game at any point. It's really fun and fascinating. The whole way the puzzles are great. Oh, you know, I had a great time playing it. I had a great time. I can still, still give it a big thumbs up and, and everything like that. I just, it's going to be like a Stephen King book. It's going to be really good, you know, 95% of the way through. And then just the last little bit, you're like, Oh, well that sucked. Um, but yeah, definitely fun. Okay. Give uh them, give, give at least check out the trailer and stuff like that. Uh, for thimble, Thimbleweed park, um, bonfire, went to a bonfire at Meek and Mel's place. I had a really good time seeing my friends. It was nice to do something a little social. We sat outside. So the social distancing was in full effect. I brought over some, uh, some Buffalo trace bourbon. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I got to, to, to chat with the kiddos for a little bit while they were still up. And then, uh, and then I had some good conversation with, uh, with my friends. Um, Mika's wife, Mel, uh, insisted on giving me a haircut. Well, insisted, maybe it's a strong word offered to give me one and then was excited about it and then got me excited. And so, uh, I ended up getting my, my, uh, my quarantine haircut, um, which was great. She did a great job. Um, but yeah, we were sitting around the fire, uh, having some good convo. Um, I drank a little more than I had anticipated. Um, so near the end of the evening, I was, uh, was a little inebriated. And I ended up crashing on, uh, on their couch, which, you know, uh, going inside everything. I mean, I'm not the greatest, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, be honest. I, 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 everybody's been so, so good lately. It was, uh, it, let's put it this way. It was less of a risk than me trying to drive home drunk. So, um, cause I guess, cause I hadn't eaten a lot that day. It, it hit me a little harder than I anticipated, but, uh, I just want to, I've been on the fence. I'm like, I don't want to admit that I, that I did something not great for, for COVID or whatever, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, overall, overall, I had a great time. I had a great time. We were outside for most of it and I just, I crashed long enough to, so we're up and then got, got the fuck out of Dodge. But, uh, we played a game of Quirkle too. Fun little, little game with uh, wooden pieces, kind of like a dominoes sort of tic-tac-toe strategy kind of thing. Um, also, uh, I'm very happy to say that, uh, I gave, uh, gave my good buddy Mika a copy. I think it was called Woodcraft. I could be wrong. I got to get the name. It's going to drive me fucking crazy if I don't. Hold, please. Woodworking. Woodworking. The complete step-by-step guide is what I gave Mika. So um, he's uh, he's got a, a, a shop in his place. He's actually showed me some of the, the wood projects that he has been working on. And uh, so I gave him the book and uh, in the, uh, the coming weeks, he's going to, he's going to write us a little, uh, little review. So we'll get a DK book review from Meeks. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I just realized I was supposed to drop something off to somebody today and I didn't do it. Yay me. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I had a really good time. We, we sort of, you know, shot the shit. We talked about, you know, life and everything like that. It was a, it was a good time. It was a really good time. I enjoyed the time I, uh, I had with them so much so that, like I said, I didn't notice that, uh, I think the only liquid within reach and we were doing so much jawing, particularly me, the only liquid within reach to wet my whistle was, um, was whiskey. So, um, yeah. And I wasn't shit faced or anything. Just, just for the record. I just, uh, just wasn't in a condition to, uh, to drive home. 
But uh, I had a great time and I look forward to doing something like that again sometime soon. It was really nice seeing my friends. I had a really good time. Um, I watched uh, the recent season of South Park, uh, courtesy of my buddy Peter. Um, gotta say, South Park is not what it once was. Um, love the show. Used to give me laughs all the time. Um, you know, you could, you could count on a few real good belly laughs per episode. And now, now South Park seems to have this need that every episode in a season has to be linked to each other. And there has to be a, a season long underlying, uh, plot line. Not for me. Um, I don't mind political humor and I don't mind, you know, social commentary, but it's just, uh, it's just different South park. Now they seem to like, just want to kill, kill, uh, popular public figures. You know, they've got these episodes where like, it's just like a gruesome death, a, a beloved iconic character of some kind needs to, to kill another one or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I just didn't love it. Maybe I'm getting old, maybe I'm getting old and the poo poo humor doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, never thought I'd say this, but, uh, went to Costco. Went to Costco, went to Costco. Hey, I did. I went to Costco. By the way, I've been playing a bunch of Don't Starve. I just gave you guys so much of it in the last episode. I'm not going to keep talking about it. But uh, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying Don't Starve as well. Getting better at it all the time. Getting better at it. Crafting more things, finding more resources, getting more ballsy, taking on bigger things that can kill me. Having fun. Screaming at my TV a lot, but but having fun with it. Um. I went to Costco. Costco is back to normal, baby, in the sense that uh, they're not counting members at the door. Uh, people in the store acting like absolute fucking animals. Nobody's social distancing. Uh, way less people wearing masks than they once were. So I, my humble opinion, a second wave is inevitable. Um, I wonder how long I should give before I'm like officially like my prediction was wrong. Um, but I remember going in and people like were just coming up right next to me to grab stuff. Like I was waiting a long time to be able to cross aisles and stuff like that because people were just, there's so many people, the people like reaching right across your face to grab something. I'm like, holy fuck. Can you not come right up to me, please? If you need something, just say, Hey, can I get, I'll move. But like, there's just so many people everywhere and nobody gave a fuck. It was like, as soon as they made announcements on the news, like, Hey, we're going to start reopening things. It was like, it's over. It's over right now. Go out and be as like, and we're talking like people where they were with like their three kids, like husband, wife, three kids. And I mean, kids like teenagers. So they're taking up adult levels of space. Like these are people who could have stayed home and just, just nobody's distancing. Their kids are walking up in people's faces and, uh, ah, ah, Anyways, that's been my experience. So here in Canada, when they're like, yeah, it's starting to, we're going to try to open some shit up. It's like, well, it's already failed. Uh, some comedy clubs have tried to open up. Um, and, uh, and we're immediately shut down because they're licensed as like restaurants for their, their bars. So when it's like restaurants are allowed to like open at small capacities or half capacities, like, uh, the comedy clubs tried. And then we're like immediately shut down and told that, you know, no, you're not, you're this, you're, you're a comedy club. You're not a, you're not a this. And it's going to be, you know, X amount of time before you can open again. So it's still going to be a, quite a while for me, even though things are starting back up and their stores opening. Um, I'm still going to be talking to my TV screaming at uh people over the internet for uh <laughs> for a while to come so that's that's the experience from this week guys uh thimbleweed park was the biggest part of my week 
So having said that, we're going to move on to a DK book. Guys, another DK book. My partner's at DK, Dorling Kindersley. Always sending me the good shit. Yeah. Uh, sketchbook for the artist. Now, I used to be into sketch slash cartooning when I was young. I used to like drawing things, but I was I was a better cartoonist than a sketcher because I can't really can't really draw uh, things accurately. So I thought, hey, sketchbook for the artist, that looks like something that I might be able to get, you know, maybe it'll help me out. I got to tell you, from what I looked at, um, which was a reasonable amount of the book, but I kind of like this, this, this book, uh, I, I think you kind of, it talks about like the kind of paper and tools and things, but I really think that, you know, it's taught there's like sections on posture and grip. So I started off going like, wow, this is going to be like pretty easy, but it's, I really do think that this is more like taking you from intermediate to, uh, or, or I should say taking you from like amateur to intermediate. It's definitely not like building the amateur basics. You know what I mean? Like it shows you that sh some of those pages where it's like, here's how you make hands and feet, you know? Uh, and it shows you like the basic drawings where it's like just a couple shapes, but it's like three panels and then the foot's done. So it's like, well, there's a lot in between that you didn't show how to do, you know, and I don't find that it builds particularly well. So I feel like it's someone who already has a general idea. You might be filling in a few gaps for them. You know, they do perspective type stuff and, and, and whatnot, but it's, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's nice. And there's a lot of stuff covered in it. But I really don't think, I mean, the, the title really does say it all sketchbook for the artist, not sketchbook for the beginner. So it's kind of like, I, I think it's a kind of take your sketching to the next level book. So, um, it's not a thumbs down or anything by any means. It's just over my head. It's uh, I think it's beyond my pay grade, but having said that, if anyone's out there, like, I don't want a basic sketchbook. I want something that's going to add more and give me more insight and kind of take my sketching to the next level, then this is definitely the book. Um, and I'm sure, like I said, I, I say intermediate because I'm sure there's like way more in depth type shit. Um, but I, I had a hard time progressing through it because I just felt like I didn't know it. You know, it's like, it's like, I feel like it's like, Hey, take your calculus, you know, advanced calculus. I'm like, well, I don't fucking know basic calculus. I barely understand Pythagorean theorem. So you know what? I don't know. I, I don't know, but I do know, I do know a lot of artists and I'm definitely going to suggest this book to them and maybe try to get their, their two cents on it. Um, Chris who co co-hosts the podcast with me quite often, his wife, Rebecca, uh, absolutely fantastic artist. I'm thinking maybe what I could do is, is give this to her and see what she thinks, uh, in terms of the, the, uh, information in here. Beautiful book as always. Just, uh, I just, uh, I just didn't, I couldn't make heads and tails of it. I couldn't, I couldn't figure the fucking thing out, huh? But, um, yeah, I mean, this is the weirdest, like one of the weirdest reviews I've ever done on this podcast, but I just couldn't comprehend it because I was confused because I didn't get it. It was hard to, to stay focused on what I was reading, but, um, I, I, and I skimmed the different sections to see if maybe it was just that section, but, uh, nope, just, uh, just, just above my pay grade. You know what? Sometimes books going to be above your pay grade, you know? Um, <laughs> 
So yeah, um, sketchbook for the artist by Sarah Simblet, Simblet, S-I-M-B-L-E-T. Uh, get it at DK.com in the States at a slash C-A for Canada or just Google DK books guys. And of course, DK has books on everything that you like, right? Not just, you know, art stuff or, you know, Sicilian cookbooks or woodcrafting or any of the, the myriad of things that I've talked about. Uh, over the years in the podcast, uh, they have so many great books and now's the time to get books because we got the time to sit around and read them, right? We're all at home under quarantine. Well, a lot of us are at home under quarantine, right? So, you know, uh, take a look. I I'd be very impressed, uh, and or, sorry, interested to hear what you guys are, are reading and doing during quarantine email address, contact at one man Send me anything. I don't care what it is. Just love to hear a little bit about you guys. Um, it looks like, you know, we might be coming to the end of wave one. What's that? Uh, was it Winston Churchill or one of those guys that quoted, it's not the end. It's not even the beginning of the end, but it may be the end of the beginning. I believe, I believe that's Churchill. Someone will come along and go, that's not fucking Churchill. That was so-and-so. I was like, all right, well, fuck. I never claimed to be a smart man, but, uh, anyways, I hope you guys are having a great week. Um, again, I'm going to try to keep the podcast short. If I run out of things to talk about, I'm just going to stop talking. It makes it easier than trying to, to fill an hour needlessly and just drag shit on. So while I still have nothing to say, I will keep it to a minimum. Um, I hope you guys have a great week and I will chat with you again soon. Mm-hmm.